He wants us to play attractive football, wants us you know, to get the crowd on our feet. The support has been magnificent and the singing my name, but I'm happier just singing about the players. Will it be another Stephen Kenny love in this international window? We've got the best coverage and analysis right here on OTB Sports Radio. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. To the Women's Champions League, and I'm delighted to say Emma Byrne is with us live from Barcelona this morning. Emma, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Yeah, but, um, All good. We're like watching a gog at how the uh, camp now is sold out for the second leg of the Classico in the Champions League and kind of really beginning to understand that the movement in Ireland to get behind the women's team and for the growth of the women's football in particular has actually been a global movement. That's the whole point here is that we're plugged into something that everybody can see is happening worldwide. But I think probably in Ireland, not many people are fully aware of the fact that the camp now is sold out tonight. Yeah, yeah, it is. And you're right. Women's football is is it is a very global sport and it is improving all around the world. But I have to say that here in, in Spain, well, in Barcelona in particular, not not the whole of Spain, that um, it, it's just become huge. It's a massive thing. And I think the, the sellout is is a good example of that. It just proves you know, how much they're behind the women's team here at Barca and, and how much the club do f- for the women's team. Why do you think, it? Uh, 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 like, so obviously tonight is, is the culmination in, in decisions that were made a while back, but can you talk to us a bit about that? Why did that happen? What, what, what's kind of been behind the surge in support for the team and also just the quality of football that they're playing? How did that happen? Um, well, it started a long time ago. They, they have a... Um, ethos in the club that is you know it goes from the men's team all the way down to the the five six-year-olds and the women's team have been included in that and um all of the the way they train the way they they work the way they live eat sleep it's the same kind of uh, method the same regime as the men's team and you know watching them train on the pitch it's very very technical specific and um, it's all about training with the ball it's all about being comfortable on the ball and all about it's the same with the men's the passing the short passing the the tiki taka the the counter pressing it's very important that for them that they win the ball back very quickly and they've been working on that a lot and you know I played against Barca in the Champions League a very long time ago and we absolutely hammered them and it's just because they weren't able to compete physically um, but you could see they were very good players but when it came to Champions League football you have to be very very strong and very good defensively and I know they've worked on that a lot throughout the years and they've become very very good at it um, and yeah and for them it's just about winning the ball back higher up the pitch with their, which they're very very good at and um, and and basically punishing teams when they can because, like the men, sometimes they play too much. But now they're very very direct and 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 really good to watch. And with that, the the fans have showed up in big numbers. Absolutely, I mean Barca has a massive fan base anyway, and. The men's club have, have integrated the women's into the club with their social media. They, they've done everything very professional in regards to, um, you know, advertising the women's game. They're, all, they're in the museum. You know, you can wherever you can see men's football at Barca, you can see women's. And um, it's the same with every sport. 
across Barca, by the way. It's not just women's football, it's handball, it's basketball. Um, but you can see it, it's more notable in the women's football because of uh, the fan base and because of the, the hordes of people that want to go and watch. That's kind of a big That's kind of a big thing for the game as well, isn't it, Emma? You see League of Ireland Twitter accounts as well where there's no differentiation anymore and now, now Bo's team plays on Saturday, a lot of people go along to the game, you see a lot of the same people that go to Daily Mount on a Friday night Sliger Rovers, their team now starting off in the League of Ireland, Twitter account just treats everything as the same thing and it's becoming like uh, almost a big family from which like both the men and the women can benefit yeah, absolutely. And and that comes from within the clubs and their drive and how they uh, publicize their teams. And a lot of teams are, are, are now um, having the same Twitter account and things like that. For me, I think it's still better the separate Twitter accounts be, and you can bring them together some stages. But Barca have um, have done that really, really well. And they also have the, the Barca TV, which is, you know, an in-house uh, production company, which is a massive thing. And they um, they also promote the team very, very well. Yeah, you're commentating for the, so the game's tomorrow night. I should specify in case anybody's going looking for their TV listings tonight to try and see it. Um, you're working with Barca TV, so they obviously have an English language version, or else you're doing it in Spanish, and that's even more impressive. <laughs> no, unfortunately, Catalan, I'm not there. Yeah. I'm not there yet with my Spanish or my Catalan. By the way, <laughs> they speak Catalan here more than Spanish. Um, no, I, I am doing the the English version. Um, thankfully because that would just be too stressful for me otherwise uh yeah and uh it's really nice it's it's really nice to to work with the club in general because they do treat everybody um extremely well and you do get the sense of a, a family kind of community once you're you're part of the club you're part of the big picture so to speak and um yeah, it's been great. They're totally set up for a period of success then. It sounds like the academy system is funneling world-class players through to the, the senior team. And there seems to be a gap at the moment for a, a preeminent team in women's European football after for a long time it would have been Leon. Everybody would have said, oh, well, they're going to win the Champions League for forever. But actually, sport is cyclical and it seems like it's Barca's turn. Yeah, it really does. It really feels like that. And, you know, watching the the other games in the Champions League, I do believe that Barca are, are the best team in it. And, you know, they don't stop. They don't stop improving, which I think is very important because, you know, they won the Champions League, which was fantastic. A lot of teams stayed together after that and, and the bulk of them did. But the players that they've added after winning the Champions League ha- has been massive as well. And they're just getting stronger and stronger. And um, they do, they look unbeatable. I mean, Real Madrid did very, very well against them. But you're talking about playing against Barca when maybe they're at their worst day and hopefully you're at your best and you're just basically defending. So, it, you know, they're very, very hard to beat. Um, I do think Real Madrid did very, very well, but I don't think they're going to have a chance tomorrow. Um, the uh, the other games that are, are still on, so Juve are ahead of Lyon 2-1 uh, on aggregate after the first leg. Um, Arsenal and Wolfsburg play their second leg, uh, I think, on Thursday as well. Uh, what's the story with Arsenal at the moment? Are they realistic contenders to win this thing or would would it take a bit of a miracle for them to, if they get through this to say to beat a, a team as good as Barcelona at the moment? Um, I don't think it would be like a miracle. I think that they'd have to be playing very, very well and I think they'd have to have a lot of things to go right for them. 
But I do. I have seen a, a massive change with Arsenal as well. They're a very, very good team. They seem to be knitting together much more. And um, they've added Blackstenius, who's a fantastic signing for them. What I believe was something that they were lacking that out and out number nine. And watching them play recently, I think they definitely can do it. But I do think it's going to be a, a very big ask of them to beat Barca at this stage. And you know, Barca they seem to have played their poor um, performances of recent and that's when they're most dangerous and you really don't want to be going into that game when they're they're fired up and, and needing to prove something. So if Arsenal do manage to, to beat Wolfsburg, which I, I think they will, um, I think it's going to be a fantastic game in the semi-finals. Um, you know, they'll be playing Barca for sure. Barca will win tomorrow night. And um, I think... They can do it, but it's there's going to be a lot of factors going into that game for them to do it. It, it will be really interesting to see exactly what would uh, happen with Arsenal. So for people who might not have been following the, the WSL week on week, they're just a point behind Chelsea at the top of the table. There's an incredible title race unfolding there. And in the midst of that, there'll be hopefully two legs against Barcelona as well. So no better time for everybody to be focused when the football is getting incredibly good and incredibly tense. Yeah, it is the best time of the season, um, and, and especially now because it is—it's it, a great title run in, in the UK. Uh, Barca have, have run away with the league. They won the league a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it's—it's it's crazy. They had something like eleven games left, and they'd won the league. Um, but for for Arsenal, that could be another factor for them. The fact is, they have to fight for the league um, in England, and and that's a massive task for them as well. And for them to have to try to utilize players and to try and keep players fit for the for the semi-finals hopefully they'll get there um will be something that um they'll have to manage and that'll be difficult because they do have a massive battle in England at the moment what do you think is going to happen I think what do I think is going to happen um I think Arsenal can win the league I do I think they can win it I, I do think Chelsea are 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 liable to drop some points. So they have to, you know, Arsenal have to fight right till the end. Um, I do think Arsenal will get to the semi-finals. I'm hoping they do. And I, I think it's going to be an extremely difficult game, but I do think Barca will beat them, unfortunately, for Arsenal. Well, it, it'll be two good legs to watch and, and a good opportunity for us all to kind of test and see exactly where Arsenal are and where the, the WSL is versus um, this great Barca team I did want to talk to you a little bit about um, the Ireland team at the moment the, this Sweden game is, is it was kind of it's been looming large for months and months and months and months and now we're two weeks away from it and um, I think there's a, a bit of trepidation obviously because of the result the first time that they played but the importance of us seeing progress and the team not taking a step back like it doesn't feel like they're going to take a step back and it feels like the progress has been there and it feels like so many of them are actually of the team themselves are playing good football on teams that are either coming out the right side of of, um, difficulties or are just coming into a sweet spot in their career that's kind of from the outside you're obviously much more connected to it what's your feeling about how the team as individuals are progressing at the moment and what's your expectation for how well we're going to go against Sweden um, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, it, it's looking good for, I'm optimistic about the Irish team. You can see an improvement. There was definitely a stage, a transitional stage, and it's difficult for a manager to come in and, and 
to to put her stamp on on the team and she said it Vera said it herself she doesn't have uh, a great amount of time with the team it's not like club football that you get to work with them every day so that's been difficult but you can definitely see a change in it I think they are playing more attacking football I think it's a really good moment for certain players like Katie McCabe um, like Denise O'Sullivan um, I think it's it's really nice to see a lot of them playing in the the Women's Super League in England. Um, and I, I I do think it's a really good time. I think Sweden are an exceptional team and they're very much in form and they have players that are, are really, um, uh, you know, hitting the, the high levels at the moment. So I think it's going to be an extremely difficult game. Um, but in general, as far as qualification goes, I do think we can do it with a couple of slip-ups there last year. But there's no reason why they can't get a result in Sweden, I think they're good enough uh, to get a point at least. And then it's about the rest of the games in the campaign and keeping everybody fit and, and, and yeah, just just pushing forward and getting, you know, three points in every game after this one. We haven't quite bottomed out about who is going to be our, our number one goalkeeper into the future. There's, a, you know, a bit of competition there. Uh, so it's Maloney, Walsh and Brosnan in the race at the moment for the number one jersey uh, yeah, it's really difficult. I mean, for me, it's very important to have a goalkeeper uh, for the national team who's playing regularly for, for their club. And it doesn't really matter what level that's at. As long as they're playing, they're getting lots of minutes and, and it's a struggle for the goalkeepers at the moment. Grace Maloney's uh, been playing very, very well and she's, you know, Reading's number one and she's very consistent. Um, however, I was very excited to see that Walsh had, had come over from the dark side. <laughs> um, she's a fantastic goalkeeper and um, I think she's done really, really well when she's come in. So so Vera Pau does does have some decisions to make. Um, but I, again, it's just to reiterate, they have to be playing football. They have to be getting regular games yeah. and, and that's very, very important. It's interesting you say that it doesn't really matter what level they're at. So you think Bazunu over Kelleher in terms of the paths that they're going on? Yeah, I mean, well, no, I, I do like I do like both of them, and Keller's been playing really, really well. Um, but for me, uh, goalkeeping is about you as an individual, and not so much about the the opposition or, or the level that you're playing at. As long as you're you're training well, you're and the minutes are that you're getting. You, I mean, not like when I was playing at Arsenal, I, I had nothing to do. Mm. <laughs> um, but, but you're busy and active and, and you're putting all the training into the, the games and, and, you know, making the right decisions because that's very important. If you're not playing, you don't get a chance to, to put that to the test. You don't make the right decisions, get to make the right decisions. You don't have that reaction time. And it doesn't matter how much you train because it's very, very important to be able to go and make those decisions uh, on the on the pitch and the only way to do that is is through game, playing time what about the respective time. quality of your coaching though then well that's very important that's that's without talking about playing or anything like that um your goalkeeping coach is is your god and you know it's really important and and I can definitely speak to that because I've had goalkeeping coaches who weren't good enough and lots of problems with and and it was one of the reasons why I stayed at Arsenal for so long is because I had a, an excellent goalkeeping coach that became everything to me and I depended on him a lot. So, yeah, for me, it's the most important thing. 
that's interesting because like um, Creven Keller is obviously getting incredible levels of coaching and you know he's seeing firsthand what the second or third best goalkeeper in the world is like uh, Bizunu had that and is now away from that but is playing week in week out and I guess can tap back into it like if he felt he wasn't getting everything he needs on a day to day basis at Portsmouth he could just rock up to Man City and say I have this thing I need to work on and maybe has a bit of the best of both worlds yeah, absolutely. And if if he doesn't feel like he's getting what he wants at Portsmouth, he he will change that. You know, it's so important to have that, and it's very important to also know what kind of club you're going into and know the goalkeeping coaches that you're going to be working with. It's a massive decision, and it definitely would have been a part of his decision in when he was going there. Um, but yeah, like Man City are very open to that as well. They 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 have the facilities they have the coaches and he could definitely go back there if he wanted but I wouldn't say he would I'd say he's happy enough otherwise that he'd have to have to change that fairly quickly Just on that as well I, I remember speaking to a goalkeeper in the League of Ireland who he wasn't particularly enamoured with his goalkeeping coach and I guess what's that like Emma so you've two or three goalkeepers you've one goalkeeping coach and fair enough you may if you're an outfield player and you don't get on with the manager you can kind of hide and you know get on with it whatever but like if there are only two or three goalkeepers and you don't get on with the goalkeeping coach uh, where do I go from here yeah um, it's difficult if you're not the first choice because then you don't, you can't really rock up to the manager and tell them that you're not happy with the coach because you're not really the priority, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but if you are second or third choice, then it's just about, you know, getting through the sessions and getting as much as you can from it. It's really difficult mentally to do that. Um, but if it were me and I wasn't happy with my goalkeeping coach and I knew nothing was going to change, I'd be looking to leave for sure. Or I'd definitely be getting my coaching elsewhere, which is what I did at Arsenal. I used I had to go to Hale End, which is where the boys train. So I was actually going outside of my training to wow. get goalkeeping coaching. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I, apart from your uh, burgeoning media career, are you involved in, in football on a day-to-day basis as a coach or at that level? Um, not at the moment because I'm, I'm teaching as well. So I, I literally don't have any time. But um, I am planning on doing my A I did start my A licence, but I'm planning on, to, on going back to it. Um, and I coach um, for not Barca directly, but sometimes teams come in and they want coaching sessions and I coach for some of the players, some of their camps and things like that. We're also thinking about starting an academy here in Barcelona. So I think um, in respect to my my time in coaching, I think there's going to be a lot more of that in the future. Would you, would you, so do you aspire to be a goalkeeping coach at like women's level or do you aspire to be a goalkeeping coach at any level or do you aspire to be just a coach? Um, well, coach, first, um, you have to do all your badges and I enjoy coaching outfield players. And then goalkeeping would be my expertise. <laughs> um, and I really wouldn't, I'd, I'd actually love to go into coaching um, boys and, and men's teams, but also uh, women's as well. It really wouldn't bother me. It doesn't bother me what um, who I coach. Um, but in general, at the beginning, it will be to try to improve the level of goalkeeping coaching here in Spain, first of all, and then see what happens. Yeah. It's such a terrible part of the world to live in as well, what with all the amazing God, food, yeah. architecture, weather. Does Spain have amazing no. food? 
Uh, Barcelona has some of the best <laughs> yeah. food in the world. Does it? Yeah. Barcelona's not Spain. Yeah, that's, Barcelona's that's not a Spain, good though. thing. It's yeah. not always a good thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the weather. It's been hotter in Ireland than here. And I'm getting really, I'm getting annoyed with everyone texting me and, and <laughs> slagging me off. I'm going to the south <laughs> of France on Thursday, Emma, and I looked up the um, temperatures on Sunday and it just like everything went grey for the south of France for the four <laughs> days I'm there. And it was much colder than it was in Ireland. As I was looking at my phone, I was like, what? I know, I know. I split my time between Manchester and Barcelona and usually I'm um, in all my glory texting about, you know, lovely weather and all. I've been here for three weeks now and it's rained every single day, wow. every day. And <laughs> but it's that's start- it for the year though, that's yeah. it, that's it. Well, yeah, it's starting to get a bit nice now and, I, and I'm leaving tomorrow, uh, Thursday, so yeah. Beautiful. Great to have you with us again, Emma. Thanks a million. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thank you. That's uh, Emma Byrne there, uh, Republic of Ireland goalkeeping legend. Go- so go- goalkeepers in terms of... Uh, goalkeepers uh, see... They kind of see everything. So I wonder, does that make them like um, a better coach or do outfield players who are coached by somebody who's been a goalkeeper think, well, you didn't play outfield. I mean, can you be can you be really telling me how to do an interchange in midfield? So it's interesting that she's like... I guess she does want to eventually become a goalkeeping coach, but event- first of all, she has to start with the general. Yeah. Uh, Nuno is the most recent goalkeeper mm. who has made it to elite level, right? I mean, Dino Zoff Dino's is, is probably the iconic one. It, not that many when you think about it. No. Um, well, well, the, I, off the coach in... He, he was coach um, subsequently anyway, but yeah. years would, would... We had Dean Kiley on... OTBM last year it was, I thought it was really interesting he's a clever guy yeah and um, but do you know what struck me about him as well he's just a good bloke and I think, is, I think the thing is. with Kenny is that he likes to have good people around yeah and, and obviously that's a cliche now but it's really really important and uh, I don't know the, 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 the goalkeeper coach interests me because like how, how much can you tell someone every day in training about being a goalkeeper as much as okay we're playing a Team A at the weekend, we we have to pass the ball out less from the back or whatever. But how can you keep it fresh? And also, like as a goalkeeping coach, when you were a goalkeeper, you didn't pass the ball out from the back. You can't, so you have to tell Quevin Keller no, you, how to do little one twos or, or make shape to, to get the ball. Yeah. And you have to learn and, and evolve yourself. Yeah. So it is interesting. Well, didn't they've got Tafarel in as their coach at Liverpool? Mm. Um, Spain and food. What are you joking me? Like Sp- Spanish cuisine, amazing. Such as. Uh, well, their meats, their cheeses, Your their meats. stews. Like, mm. um, have you ever been to San Sebastian or the Basque? I mean, I'd love to go to the Basque. Okay, well, more, yeah, it's more Spain though. More Michelin star. Uh, it, it, geographically, when they it, would when, see themselves as Basques though. Okay, grand. As with the Catalans. But see when, I, when I talk about Spanish cuisine, I talk about you get on a plane and you, the, it's the Spanish uh, uh, passport people who are waving you through because you're from the EU. The, those people anywhere, any of those airports. <laughs> So you, you put Spanish cuisine ahead of like French and Italian? Miles and well, so Italy what? first, Italy, Italy first. first, Spain second, and then after that, have whatever. French happened. behind? Yeah, well behind. That's a, well, that's a terrible call. OTBIM is brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless oh. finish to your day. Uh, MOC says Louis van Gaal couldn't even get Holland to a World Cup in 2002 with all those superstars. That's because he came up against Roy Keane. This whole conversation has gone full circle and we're finished it now. Remember uh, his tackle on Overmars, which was basically a red card. It was about 40 It wasn't a red card. It was, he won the ball. <laughs> he certainly did not. He did. Talk about the, the proverbial setting the tone. Oh my God. Has, has Lansdowne Road ever been as noisy for a football game since? No, that was that Probably was not. that was uh, the best Lansdowne Road experience. Yeah, it was all going to fall apart as as the handshake with Mick and Roy. 
Top Mick was great on on. Back time for spring around the twentieth and twentieth anniversary yeah. of Saipan. Um, it is. I, I, people have been on to me about. Um, I want to do a piece in this. Want to do a piece in this? Will he talk? Uh, it's still. It's still. I mean, Miguel Delaney saying last week about Keane wanted to bring. Was it this kind of this coach slash motivational guy or fitness guru or whatever? And Mick apparently turned it down. Uh, even twenty years later, we're finding out new things, and it was. I thought it was compelling. So you you will read the twentieth anniversary pieces? Oh yeah. Oh will you? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. If, uh, are, you, are you just tired of well, it? Well, I think I think lockdown we did a lot of kind of yeah, and so therefore that didn't pique the interest as much as I thought it would. I was like, actually, I've literally been talking about this for twenty years. Yeah, I've had enough. God, it was it was there were crazy times. I I'm kind of coming more around to Roy Keane's way of looking at it. The more I was sort of fifty fifty on it for years. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like no, I, I, don't I, know I, what I still, mean. I still I don't think don't mean. walk out in the team. Do you know well, what he what got mean? sent home, so he did. He had no choice. Well, though we kind of. I mean, he could have played. Made his grave there. To be he, fair, okay. Fifteen yeah, minutes I mean. past nine. Uh, really, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to solve it this morning. Really, getting Saipan. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.